Hi, Tim Roy for Warriors Radio. We're talking to Adam Silver, the Deputy Commissioner of the NBA, and uh, welcome to the Bay Area. Welcome to Oracle. Well, thanks, Tim, and thanks for the terrific weather. Yeah, it's great to be here at this time of the year. It's playoff weather, actually, which is kind of a good thing for the Warriors. Yeah, how exciting for you guys to be back in the playoffs. And um, it just speaks, you know, wonders about the commitment that Joe Lacob and Peter Guber have made, the combination of new coach, new GM, new team president, Rick Welts. I mean, I, I, I'm so happy for everybody here. It's really a great time to be a Warriors fan. Tell me, are you on an official visit, or is this a tour you're taking? No, I'm, I'm on an official visit to extend. I'm, I'm meeting with some of our marketing partners out here. I actually just came from meeting with John Chambers at Cisco. Um, I spent some time this morning with uh, the Bleacher Report, which uh, was acquired by Turner Sports, and you know, which is our longtime partner. And uh, met with Clorox here in Oakland this morning, and we saw Facebook, we saw Google. So it's official business, but also an opportunity to see my friends here at the Warriors. Let's talk a little bit about, you mentioned the Bleacher Report. Uh, how has that changed your job and maybe the job inside the league with so many blogs, so many places where you can go to learn about NBA basketball? You know, we made a decision um, several years ago that rather than trying to control all the content and direct everyone to NBA.com, that we would distribute our content to you know all legitimate parties. And I think it's been the right strategy. I think it by making our content, our video, our photos, and, and access available to services like the Bleacher Report. I mean, they talk to a passionate audience, a particularly young audience, and we think that ultimately grows our fan base and grows um, uh, and creates deeper fans, you know, that, that people want that information. And realistically, we know they're not as, as much as I love our team sites and the official NBA site. We have to be realistic that not all fans are going to come to get their content from us. And no question about that. When I started in the league, I would go out and buy every Sunday newspaper I could get my hands on. And now I just open up Twitter. No, I, you, you remember those days carrying around those heavy media guides everywhere oh, you yeah. went. Yeah, no question. Now I, now I just walk around with my iPad. How has social media changed the way you think the fans interact with players? Because I know a lot of Warrior fans follow uh, the Warriors on Twitter and the players on Twitter, and they get their information from there. Well, I mean, so much credit goes to our players. They've embraced social media, I think, in fact, I think before any other group of players were doing it. Our players were authenticating their accounts on Twitter. So, I mean, I think Shaq, you know, started the trend. And, um, you know, they love the engagement too. It gives them an opportunity and an unfiltered way to talk directly to their fans. Um, it gives our fans, of course, an opportunity to get insight from them that they wouldn't necessarily get, you know, when it's filtered through the news media. And it's given our fans a chance to talk to each other, to be heard. I, I always say, like, our, our job is to try to replicate this arena environment on social media. So if you're not in the arena and you're not screaming and yelling or booing or cheering or whatever else, you can do the equivalent in social media. Let's talk a little bit about the, the, your title, your deputy commissioner. We're talking to Adam Silver here on Warriors Radio. I'm Tim Roy, and, and uh, you are the heir apparent. I don't know if that makes you like a member of the British royal family, but... Uh, David Stern's ending a, tr a fabulous run. Uh, what has it been like for you to uh, learn under him? I mean, it's been an incredible ex experience. Uh, I'm in my 21st year at the NBA. I started as David's assistant. Uh, special assistant to the commissioner was my first title. And Rick Welts, the, your president here, was at the league with me at that time. And I've learned everything I know about the business directly from David. It's been a privilege 
to work for and with him over the years. It's been a fun ride to watch the growth of the league in the 20-plus years I've been there. And the good news is that David's not going anywhere. It's not as if he's leaving to go work for some other business. Um, he's still in great health. And, in fact, I just spoke to David. He, he, he just arrived back from Mumbai, India, where he's been for the last four days. Another market of over a billion people who we hope will all become NBA fans. So I ha he'll still be around. He'll still be around to help continue growing this business, and he'll be there for me to call on occasion when I need some help. So he'll still be on speed dial. Absolutely. I think he <laughs> may be the first button. Let's talk a, a little bit about his legacy because I was thinking about this when I knew I was going to get a chance to talk to you, and, and he has to go down. You know, and one of the top two or the most three commissioners of any sport of all time. Well, I'm biased, so I'd put him as first. At least he's the only one I know that well. But uh, um, he, he's, he's been a terrific commissioner, I think, by any objective measure of the success of this league in his now almost 30 years. There's no question that he's done as much for this sport, certainly, as any other commissioner has done for his sport. And so, you know, wherever he ultimately ranks, uh, there's no question he'll be viewed as one of the greatest ever. There's a lot of things coming down the, the way for the league. One of them is a, is a relocation issue right up the road in Sacramento. I'm not going to ask you about the details of that. But where does a decision like that stand in terms of the important things that, that uh, a league or the association will, will look at? There's probably no more important decision than the transfer of ownership or the relocation of a franchise. Um, you know, and as I, from where I sit and I, watching the, the, the growth of 30 franchises, ownership makes such an enormous difference and a committed management, just as we're seeing the turnaround here, you know, with this team. And so it's a very weighty decision and it's one that is not made by the league office, but in fact is made by the 30 owners, you know, who, well, you know, 29, given that you have an existing owner applying, but it's, it's, it's viewed with enormous um, seriousness. You know, we have uh, two different owners committees that are acting on this that have met multiple times. And as you probably know, we have another, um, what we call our board of governors, our owners are meeting again for uh, two days in New York next week. And I'm sure a large part of our agenda will be occupied by this issue. As you get ready to take over the job next February, what are the issues that face our league that maybe people like me and, and fans that are listening might not know about? Well, I don't think there's that many issues that fans don't know about. I think it's one of the great things about sports. You know, we're all, everything's out there in the open. I mean, certainly I've been reading a lot and hearing a lot lately about the resting of players. You know, that's, that's an ongoing issue we're focused on. I mean, our collective bargaining agreement and revenue sharing are things that we're always thinking about. How can we tweak the agreement um, to make, create greater parity in the league and to make the business economical for all of our owners in every market. That's, that's something we continue to study. I think as you, some of the questions you asked earlier, we're continuing to look at social media. How can we use that to better serve our fans? You know, and how, how do we continue to grow the game at a time when there's enormous competition coming from everywhere? It's, and it's not just other sports, but other forms of entertainment. And, and probably most importantly, how do we keep kids, boys and girls playing this game when you know, they're otherwise preoccupied with video games or social media themselves. And I think we know that if boys and girls play this game, play basketball, they're, you know, X times more likely 
to be fans when they're adults. And I think there's also important societal reasons, too, that kids remain active athletically. So all those things are big issues for us. Yeah, and also the lessons learned. Yeah, I know that from playing high school basketball, a very limited level, mind you, but, but still, the, the lessons I learned about how to work well with others, how to be a good teammate, those are good life lessons. You know, in fact, that's one of the greatest attractions um, of the NBA internationally. Well, I was in China two weeks ago and spent a lot of time with Yao Ming, who now is a team owner in China, but also our business partner. And he's been working with the Chinese government to encourage more uh, active participation in sports among their youth. Right now, the culture um, is focused almost entirely on winning. So kids are pulled out of school at a young age if they think they have the aptitude to be successful and medal winners, but, but they don't necessarily see the value in participation for its own sake, which seems to be a very American thing. But to your point, and I grew up playing team sports as well, it helps build better character, it creates better citizens, it teaches us all to be part of something larger than ourselves. And I think that that's something that, you know, part of David Stern's legacy, in fact, that he's spread that gospel on a global basis. Should we look for more growth overseas, maybe even uh, having like a developmental league overseas? Uh, no question. I, I think we're increasingly focused on that. We've been part of the Olympic movement now since 1992. Um, we participate in clinics um, everywhere in the world. We send players in the off-season. They travel through their sneaker companies and other sponsors on, on, a, on a global basis. That was Peter Goober who said, please say hello to him before I leave. And so, yes, we're, 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 we're absolutely focused on all of those things and see enormous opportunity to continue growing this game outside the United States. Well, far be it for me to hold you from one of our owners. So, uh, Adam Silver, Deputy Commissioner of the NBA, look forward to uh, working with you and working uh, with the NBA as you enter it your stewardship as commissioner next year, and, and uh, thank you so much. Enjoy your visit to California. Yeah, thank you, Tim. Thanks for uh, having me on tonight.